Hello, I'm Alessandro Crolla. I'm Jen Hughes. And you're listening to a Starter Quest Side Quest. You're listening to our very first bonus episode of the Starter Quest podcast, creatively titled The Side Quest. Yeah. <laughs> like there's anything else we could call it, to be fair. Yeah, exactly. They are side quests. So. <laughs> they are side quests to the Starter Quest, which now that I think of it doesn't really make that much sense, but we're still going with it. There's no turning back now. No, no, no. We've already started recording. And you've already started listening to it. You know, we've made the choice. We've all made poor choices to get the decision. Let's all just accept it. Right, let's get on. <laughs> With the completion of 2022 and moving into 2023, I thought it'd be really interesting if we just sat down and went over the first eight episodes of the podcast. Sadly, Kirby didn't make the cut for this one. Yeah, why was that again? We originally started writing these notes thinking we were going to do Kirby as well, but then Kirby kind of slipped into being 2023 episode, even though we recorded it in 2022. Yeah, so this is just while we're waiting in the Final Fantasy VII episode, because, oh my god, it's taking such a long time for me to play it. <laughs> Yeah, admittedly, this is us buying time to get through that game. But also, it is nice to reflect on, you know, however far we've come. It's been somewhere. Exactly. So what we've done is we've re-listened to the first eight episodes, and then we're going to talk about them all in turn. How we feel about them each, how we reflect on them, and anything we want to correct. And at the very end of the episode, we're going to include some outtakes. Stuff we recorded and had to cut for one reason or another. Mm, there's some really juicy picks in there. Yes, and it will be laid out in the chapters. So if you want to avoid all this waffle and go straight to the outtakes, look in the description. Hopefully there's not going to be too much waffle, but we do want to give a half-decent evaluation on our time here so far. Yes, and I have brought the syrup already, so I'm getting some bloody waffles on here. Hey. So let's go back to our first episode and talk about Super Mario Bros. 3. This is our very first episode, and for a lot of it, it was just actually a pilot that we were coming up with how we liked to do this show we've been talking about. Yeah. We borrowed a microphone from our friend who had a Blue Yeti microphone that we thought we'd try just to test recording. And if we thought we were going to stick with this, we'd buy our own, which is what we promised him. Yeah, but some of the sound choices and things like that are not great to listen back to yeah listening back to that first episode is painful the whole second half is recorded in what was my library and is now your office Mm -hmm. and it's a very echoey room there's a lot of audio mistakes there was no noise gating there was very minimal equalizing compressing we were first timers just trying to feel out our way of podcasting yeah like no one's first episode is going to be like amazing Of course, if you have the experience of it, then it's a lot better. But you and I, we don't have a media background. Not really. I mean, my film degree was mostly theory based. Mm -hmm. There was like a practical module in third year, but it was one module and I didn't get into it. Mm -hmm. I also worry that our first episode wasn't as noob friendly as we meant it to be. Yeah, my mum's an avid fan of the podcast and she listened to the first episode and gave us Two A4 sheets of paper, both sides of feedback that I had to note down. And it was rough hearing that. But she's someone who I trust her judgment. And Mm -hmm. she was the only person who was properly listening to the podcast at the time. Because it was our first episode. She's very good at giving me constructive criticism. Not be like horrible or anything, but also not sugarcoat things either. If something needs to be improved, 
she will make it very clear. I really appreciate that. Thanks, mom. But at the same time, I showed it to my friends. We thanked them on the episode. Yeah. They gave us good feedback. They helped us cut down the intro so it wasn't as long. Things like that that we definitely put into practice. What your mum gave us, though, that they couldn't, is that they'd have the experience of the games. She's not familiar with video games at all. So she's going along the learning journey with us. And she said, you haven't actually explained what a platformer is. Yeah, we were told that one after the first episode was out. And looking back, it is absolutely embarrassing that we forgot to include how the game was to play in our discussion. We've given better explanations of what platformers are since. Yes. And... What I hope to do in each episode is just give like a little explanation as to what I've learned different genres of games are. So then people don't have to keep listening back and back and back as I go, oh, just listen to the Sonic episode. You'll get better explanation there. We want to allow people to not have to listen to every episode of the podcast. I hope that it's accessible because this whole podcast is basically like anime homework, as Mm -hmm. I like to call it, where... The Marvel movies and everything have got this problem where you feel you need to, like, to understand the thing you're watching right now, you've got to watch this TV show and these 500 movies and be this comic or whatever the fuck. And I'm sitting thinking to myself, no, I don't have time in my life for this. I'm not doing this anime homework. That's what I call it. <laughs> I mean, we will be making references and jokes to like, previous episodes and things, but. Hopefully it's not going to be a, you have to do this podcast homework. Exactly. For example, in our next episode when we're doing Final Fantasy, we've talked about GRPGs before. We have a very condensed conversation about it. If you want something a bit more in depth, you'll have to go back to the Earthbound episode. The explanation that I do for GRPGs and Earthbound, I feel it's quite good, the back and forth we have, but I can understand. We don't want to have that in every single episode. So with each of these episodes, I'm just going to point out some mistakes we've made. And outside of the audio errors I've already talked about, I do have to own up that we actually did have to re-record part of the first half of this episode. When we first recorded it, we did the whole pre-playthrough section as one solid recording. But on listening back in the edit, I realised that we didn't once state the format of our show. Yeah. Where I'm going to do this in two halves. When I heard this, this was a, no, we have to go back and fix this. So we re-recorded the entire first half. Up until the point where splice in the clip from the wizard of the guy introducing it is Super Mario Brothers 3! Mm. That's all from that second recording. Because we had done that rehearsal already, I do think when we're going through your list of games you already played, we actually have a bit more of a funner conversation out of it. Yeah, I actually forgot about that. So that's the magic of editing and my shit memory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's second halves in episodes where I keep apologising for being late completing the game. To everyone else, it's only been like 15 seconds. And then for me, it's been like, sorry, I'm late. It's been six weeks since I've completed this game. <laughs> it's like, you don't need to apologize. I keep apologizing for things I don't need to fucking apologize for. I hate that I said in the episode that the last Olympics was four years ago. Any other Olympics? Yes, it would have been. But this is the 2021 Demon Olympics, where everything was wrong. So the last Olympics were five years ago, not four. You poor thing that's been eating you up inside since that episode was uploaded. I hear it every time. See, it glosses over me, because I just think of the time I badly impersonated Mario seizing the means of production. That's my Olympics was four years ago. But that's comic gold. It, yeah, but still. Also, I really missed the chance to talk about how Martin Downey Jr., who one of the Kooplings were named after. Yeah. He actually had a run-in with supposedly Scotland's own Rowdy Roddy Piper at WrestleMania 5. Oh, really? 
really? Yeah, where Rody Roddy Piper blasted him in the face with a fire extinguisher because he was being rude to the crowd. Oh, so is that what they call it nowadays? <laughs> I completely forgot about it and only got reminded of his involvement after that episode went up. I'd seen the WrestleMania 5 thing before, but to me it was just some old celebrity. As far as I knew, it was an actor or someone. I didn't know who, who the man was mm-hmm. or who related to this game. So that one went right over my head until it got pointed out to me afterwards. Holy fuck. Holy fucking fuck. The swearing on this episode is absurd. Yeah, that's a really bad crutch that we swore far too much on that first it's a bit. It was a bit of a tick. Sometimes we kind of fall into that a little bit, but we're trying our best not to. Swearing should be an exclamation mark and not a comma. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. So one thing that I didn't manage to get into the episode was I came up with it literally as we were recording the second half. It was a comparison between the opening of Super Mario Bros. 3 and the opening of The Tempest Mm -hmm. by Shakespeare. They both start with a theatre and set in that theatre, establishing like the players and the setting and everything like that. And, you know, establishing it is something kind of metatextual. I didn't have time to actually properly explore it because we were right in the middle of recording. Because, mm. you know, especially after you pointed out the, the artifice of it, like, you know, created sets and everything like that, and the curtain, you're going off stage at the end of a level. Mm-hmm. And that's when I had that thought. I've not had time to actually develop this argument properly. But it is, throughout the episode, I do describe Super Mario Bros. 3 as this, like, epic hero's journeys. You're defeating people in order to save the princess when you're seeing a play or a musical or an opera or whatever you're not going to be like properly in a setting like you would be like a film or a tv show mm-hmm. it sets you can see it's a set but when you're immersed in the story you kind of see past it you're able to suspend your disbelief if it's a good show and the artifice is done well i guess it's kind of like that is that kind of feeling that i get from super mario bros now Right, I also want to add for context that Sandra's going to be adding an outtake where I mix up Beethoven and Mozart. (laughs) I was deeply ashamed. I studied music in high school. It was my identity. And the idea of getting Beethoven and Mozart mixed up in my head makes me cringe to my core. I begged Sandra not to put it in. But for sake of transparency for our audience, I have allowed him to include it in the outtakes thing. So on to our second episode, The Secret of Monkey Island. I am still proud in the decision to make this our second episode. Yeah. I really think it defined our project is not just blasting through all the big name franchises of today, but to look at games that are a bit forgotten in time. Yeah. I think doing something like Secret of Monkey Island opened the door to us doing Earthbound in episode 6. Of course, that was until they actually announced they were doing a return to Monkey Island that came out of nowhere. Which, thank goodness. We actually did get a bump in numbers when that got announced. Yeah, we've been very serendipitous. Mostly, yes. We did the Pokemon episode right before they announced Violet and Scarlet, and the Sonic 2 episode dropped about the time of the Sonic 2 movie. Although that one did worry me a little bit, because I thought people would expect us to be talking about the movie and not the game. Ah, yeah, yeah, but I don't think so. This is also another major horrifying podcast mistake I made, was that I deleted the original recording of the first half. We recorded it that morning, I took it home to start editing it, I tried to delete something from the project, but I accidentally deleted the master recording. Oh, I remember that. And I panicked trying to find any way to recover this on my hard drive. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, it was lost and we just had to re-record it. We recorded it the same day I deleted it, so we didn't start playing the game yet. 
but we did have to do it completely from scratch unfortunately there's some points where there's quite obvious splicing but i didn't actually notice this until like the fourth lesson or that yeah i do have a few issues with some of the verbal pacing i haven't quite got my head around spacing cuts so there's some that come a little too quickly near the end that's where you probably start hearing those splices come in really badly it's me not getting the right cadence that you do for splicing I wish I rewatched that episode on Cheng Yi Sao. Mm-hmm. That could have been a proper learning moment there, and we didn't take it. What I did there felt really half-assed and just not very good. It didn't do her justice. See, that's a shame, because to me, this episode has one of my favourite pre-playthrough discussions. Right? Yeah, I, I was really worried because you knew nothing about this game other than it was about pirates. Yeah. And that it was a point-and-click adventure. When I first thought of that episode, I was panicking about what we talk about. But listening to the conversation we have, you can't hear that at all. Mm-hmm. We strung the conversation through incredibly well, talking about pirates in general, the connection that you knew it vaguely had to LucasArts and Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. It's when we got to something again like Earthbound, where you went in quite blind. I knew we could carry that conversation very easily, no matter what we talked about. Yeah, we find ways to uh, stretch out the first half a little bit. And even if it's like not as long, it means that, you know, people can just get dug into the second half a bit quicker. Mm -hmm. One of my favourite places I've ever been to on games we've played in this podcast is the Scum Bar. Why though? It's a very dingy bar. Because I've hosted karaoke in some pretty dingy, miserable places. But the scum bar looks like a dingy, fucking fantastic place to host a karaoke. I have to compare it to obviously the other bars, and admittedly it doesn't look like a bar that will have any affiliation to Celtic or Rangers. Yeah, exactly. Even better. <laughs> I mean, I don't have to worry about playing simply the best to a bunch of Celtic fans. <laughs> it's like one of those things that probably wouldn't actually ruffle feathers, but like, it's a whole thing in fucking Glasgow where like I've got to watch out for that. I'm also kicking myself a bit. In the second half of the episode, I talk a good bit about asides, mm-hmm. metatextual, person talking to the audience, breaking the fourth wall type thing. I always mentioned it in like kind of more comedic, lighthearted senses. Mm-hmm. I did have a bit about House of Cards and how Frank, the politician guy, being a modern day Iago from Othello, mm-hmm. where you know he's talking about his diabolical plans to the audience. And how that's also a really effective use of drama. Because you can see it all happening. You know what he's going to try and do. And you want to see him fail. But the scandal with Kevin Spacey was still really fresh at the time. So we were really worried about like not wanting to praise up House of Cards too much. For obvious reasons. Yeah, we don't want to praise his performance when it was still quite in the throes of a lot of that problem. Yeah, yeah. Episode 3 then. Pokemon Fire Red and Leaf Green. God, the audio on that first half is garbage. It's so blown out and it's so poorly done. Interestingly, actually, we actually recorded that first half before we did the second half of the Secret Monkey Island episode. Oh, yeah, so we did. So I kind of had that Pokemon episode as a way to hear how it sounded and fix how the Secret Monkey Island episode sounded. Right. But the microphone was just set up really poorly. I still didn't quite understand how to set up a podcasting mic. Mark taught me a lot. Yeah, thanks, Mark. That's another thing about the Secret Monkey Island episode. That was the very first time that Mark was started helping out. That's why, again, we started getting into things like noise gating and compression, because Mark taught me about all that stuff. He kind of had that first episode and just went, Sandro, you need to fix so much of this stuff. Yeah, listen to that first half of the episode, how blown out the audio is. It's embarrassing. Absolutely embarrassing. 
not anywhere near as embarrassing as listening to me not knowing that Pokemon is a portmanteau of pocket and monster. That was painful. We were not in the right place to record that episode. We did it a little under duress. Yeah, yeah. Which is why I sounded very, very tired. Mm -hmm. Coming into mistakes, I think the big one is that I just hate that I didn't finish my thought about Miyamoto. I just go, he had bad advice. I don't explain that. No, that's one bad idea he had in the whole planning of Pokemon. No, I thought you clarified that in the episode. No, I did it in the Earthbound episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. I still hate that I didn't entirely explain that he had plenty of help for the team. Yes, the thing about it shouldn't be an RPG is like the one bad idea he had, but that's counterbalancing of about 20 great ideas. The coughing Nigel Farage joke was something that we had a bit of a debate about. Yeah, we didn't know if we were going to put that one in. Which I'm actually glad we did, and I'm glad we didn't make it Trump. We could have taken easy pot shot at Donald Trump, but I decided, no, that's a tedious cliche at this point, and it's going to age the episode. Taking a pot shot at Nigel Farage, however, has for me, has aged like a fine wine, <laughs> considering what's going down with Brexit. That's all I'm going to say about that. Yes. Apologies for people internationally who don't know who he is, but we couldn't not add it in. It's one of those jokes that I've had as many people come around to me and go, what the fuck was that? As I've had people turn around to me and go, that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a whole bunch of clicks in the episode, which I think is me like clicking my pen, stimming. I was really tired and I was struggling through the episode, so I was like fidgeting. And that's come across in the episode, so sorry about that, guys. Yeah, again, it's just my inexperience of editing. It was absolutely painful to listen to me hear the phrase, who names their Wayne? <laughs> you actually did this for the very first time twice in the Secret Monkey Island episode. Yes, I didn't mention it that time. But this is when it became very apparent that, oh God, this is something that Jen keeps saying. And you pointed it out to me. I am going to so insert a super cut of them all right now. Who names their Wayne Steed? Who names their Wayne <laughs> Pirate? Who names their child Leaf? Lost L. Lost L. I mean, who names their Wayne that? Who names their Wayne Cream? Who names their Wayne Sonic? Who names their Wayne Doom Guy? Who names their Snake Yawn? Yeah. Oh, fucking hell. But for those who don't know, a Wayne is just a child. I don't know what it is about you judging names. I don't know why. It's just like, oh my God, who names their Wayne? Like, I don't know why. It's just like, why would you give your child this name? It's just something that I fall back into and you punish me for it. You still punish me for it to this day. Yeah, I really am kicking myself that I didn't get you to say who names the planet Popstar. I know, that would have been quite funny. <laughs> so, episode four, Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Boy, has there been a lot to talk about Yuji Naka in the past six months. Oh, really? Yes, um, I don't think you've been following this, but very recently our boy Naka has been arrested for insider trading. What? I don't have the full story to hand, so I'm just going to be condensing here. The creator of Sonic has been involved with a massive insider trading scandal in the past few months of 2022. What does that mean? Essentially selling shares of Square Enix, which is a company he's currently involved with since leaving Sega. Mm -hmm. He got caught selling their shares before the announcement of them partnering with a mobile company that had an impact on their share price. Right, okay. You're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to sell shares because you have information that, or the stock value is about to reduce. He's been caught doing it. As far as I know, he's currently awaiting trial. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure when we'll get posted about this. He's not really going to come up that much in our podcast again, but yeah, that's a very interesting thing about Yuji Naka that's happened very recently. Oh my. Outside of that though, that episode, 
I fucking hate the intro to that episode. That is a bit cringe, but it's supposed to be a bit cringe. I know. I just had this real worry at the time. Imagine this is someone's first episode of Starter Quest. But you can kind of tell that it's for trying to be a little bit cringe. I don't think anyone believes that's how we actually introduce our episodes. I just, I had that panic, especially because this is the very first time I started doing things like sharing it on Reddit and sharing it more on certain Twitter hashtags. I, <laughs> I was really going further with the advertising of this one. And then I just realised like, oh God, they're going to start this episode and hear that intro and I am going to slightly die inside. Uh, I think it's quite cute. I don't think that platformers are really my genre, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I think it's important to keep them in. We're not going to be doing as many platformers for 2023. We've already done Kirby. Yeah. But we have got an episode coming up soon on Super Metroid, which builds off the platformer idea. Right, right. I think what we're going to find a lot going forward is platformers that build off the platforming idea. I want to do things like Crash Bandicoot and Banjo-Kazooie, but you're going to see how the platformer evolves what you've already got and i do like that the kirby episode has gave you a good enough basis Mm -hmm. because neither mario or sonic seem to work well for you no (laughs) one mistake i think you were going to mention was the whole bill clinton thing yeah i have been doing a lot more research into this since that episode and uh, yeah it turns out that it was true news i wouldn't say true but just that i can now justify it to an extent right when I was editing the episode, I was like, no, there has to be an explanation to this. So I went to the R of Sonic subreddit and I asked people there, I was like, do you have any information which might corroborate this? I did get someone talking to me and it put my attention onto an appearance Bill Clinton did on The Late Show with Johnny Carson. Right. At the time, I was going to write this off because, I mean, if some politician goes on the James Corden show, who gives a fuck, you know? Yeah. But this guy kind of brought my attention to this was the late 80s. Linear television was a lot more of a bigger deal. So someone going on Carson had a much bigger impact on society. Mm-hmm. So you have this interview with Bill Clinton where he's just joking around, mocking a quite long-winded speech he gave at the Democratic convention that year and him just goofing around to the point where he was playing saxophone on stage. Mm-hmm. I understand where that image of a politician who's not act like a politician absolutely feeds into this mascot who doesn't act like a mascot. I think I see something like, nah, this is some Democrat bootlicker making fake news who's a Bill Clinton fan. I might have sounded like some sort of like MAGA alt-right person. <laughs> I was being ironic. Oh man, I really hope that people didn't take that and think, yeah, she's one of them. She's one of those people. <laughs> I wouldn't like that very much. Uh, by the way, I hope that like our tone in shipping Sonic and Tails isn't like I do genuinely ship Sonic and Tails. It wasn't a bit for the episode because like you know the ha ha gays funny joke is kind of passe at this point. Speaking from experience, sometimes when you've got romantic feelings for someone of the same sex, it can manifest into really intense platonic feelings. Mm-hmm. But the intense "I want to be your best friend" feelings and infatuation. People who are like, oh, how could you do such a thing? Like, they may feel like a bit weird about that. So, I mean, intense, I want to be your best friend feelings and infatuation isn't the same thing. You can have one without the other, but like, can't help but, you know, put two and two together with Sonic and Tails. How could you not when we were playing that love song? I think it was the love song that really sealed the deal and it's made it canon for me. Because I could have written it off otherwise, but... Nah, that sealed the deal, that love song. That really, actually very beautiful love song. <laughs> also, my instant reaction to people shipping Sonic and Robotnik 
the visceral no that came out of my gullet. <laughs> I can't help but find that funny. I hope it didn't seem too gatekeepy, but it's a complete Why? antithesis to what the text is. Why though? Why can't Dr. Robotnik secretly want to fuck Sonic? See, like, the enemies to lovers trope is, like, really common, especially in fanfic. As far as I know, like, people shipping protagonists and antagonists. But for me, I guess it's just Dr. Robotnik is fucking up Sonic's hometown and everything that he knows and loves. Yeah, because he wants to get close to Sonic so he can lay his eggs in him. Oh, fuck! Right, we're not going there. We're going to agree to disagree on that one. But I just hope it didn't seem like too gatekeepy or anything. I mean, you know, whatever floats your boat, I suppose. I'm really proud of the textual analysis I did here. I do like having the moments where I can, like, put on my intellectual glasses and moustache to, like, you know, twirl away and go, yes, this is what this represents, yes. I love doing that, and I think it's come out quite well on the Sonic episode. Mm -hmm. Also, that last monologue. (laughs) You're talking about the start being, like, cringe. Off a doom. Yeah, it's, but it's, but it's one of those things that it's, like, you know, supposed to be funny and stupid. I had that idea to do that way back with the Secret Monkey Island episode, I thought, how can I make these endings more fun? And I just had this idea of doing it like a wrestling promo. Especially because it's going to be our very first mature game. Oh, it was a wrestling promo! I also thought of just doing it in my most Scottish bra that I could. I loved it, but I'll admit, it is one of the things I do listen back to because I just love how it came out. Yeah, no, it's cute, don't get me wrong. It was just like, you know, you were saying at the start of the episode, like, you know, even though, like, we are kind of doing the whole, like, ironic 90s yo-yo type thing then rounding it off with a 90s style wrestling promo actually does work quite well (laughs) it makes sense it is a deliberate artistic choice fuck you (laughs) speaking of let's move on to the fifth episode with doom I cannot explain why this is our most successful episode of the podcast so far. The Samsung algorithm gods have favoured us, apparently. Yeah, I think our next biggest episode's Pokemon has about 300 downloads. So far, yeah. And then you compare it to Doom, which has got 1,200. It was a very strange thing that the algorithm just went, let's boost that one and put it in everyone's Samsung podcast recommendations. Yeah, which, that's pretty good. I was very pleased with that, just like, looking at the little pod bean pie chart and like most of it is the samsung one having that for like months pretty much it ruins one of my ways that i measure our success of the podcast i want to have more downloads than we got the month before every time the august one throws everything out what we can take from this is that numbers aren't everything they are a nice little boost but if you measure yourself by like right the algorithm did me a real favor i'll get loads of downloads in this one and then be disheartened when the other ones don't do quite as well it's so easy to fall into that trap but if you're a podcaster and you found that or any sort of creator or anything and you find that don't be disheartened these things are out with your control Mm -hmm. if you've done something right don't change to chase numbers because you're going to end up miserable exactly we weren't really changing the formula much for this episode yeah but I still also will say it is one of our better structured episodes yeah I'm so proud of how you've managed to segment things I was kind of backseat editing a little bit, but at the end of the day, it was like, you know, you and Mark that were working that magic. I think the fact we don't go level by level. Instead, we went what new weapons we got in each part, what new monsters show up in each part, the boss fight for each part. It creates a better structure where you get a much better idea as to how you felt about everything in Doom. But then with Doom, there was also like not huge amounts that stood out in each level because a lot of the gameplay was the same with a few minor alterations that weren't really worth mentioning. 
I guess that's why we focused on broad strokes for it. Yeah, I don't want to navel gaze too much with this. Don't want to wank ourselves off too hard, but we are very proud of that episode. It came out really well. Some of our timing is so satisfying, though. Like, the little editing things that you do, where, like, for example, in the Doom episode, at the guitar riff and coming up to the first boss fight, Mm -hmm. I impersonate it. Nee, 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 nee. And then you edit in, and it's like straight after. It's like the like the music leading up to the riff was playing underneath me. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, it's like little moments like that, which is so satisfying. I do love doing things like that. I've done it again in another episode. And I couldn't tell you which one off the top of my head. Where you try to impersonate it, but you got it wrong, and then I put the right version underneath you. Yeah, there's very few times that you can get like you know lined up with me. Like anything, pretty much any meme that I impersonate, you can't line it up because I always say it wrong. True. I- <laughs> I did have to break your version of the Taka song in the first episode to make that match the song. Yeah, you did. You did. That's not to say there's no mistakes in this episode, though. Big one off the bat. I did say that Doom coined the term deathmatch. In terms of the word itself, that existed long before Doom did. Just from a quick amount of research when I was writing these notes, I found a game from 1942 between Polish football players and Nazi soldiers that was called The Deathmatch. Really? Yes. Wow. In terms of gaming, it's also a bit debatable. There was a really poor fighting game from around the same time called World Heroes 2. This fighting game could either be played in normal mode, where you just try to knock each other out, Mm. or in deathmatch mode, where you try to kill each other. Right. So they use that term as well. In regards to it being the first-person shooter free-for-all mode that we kind of use it as today, that 100% came from Doom. Yeah, like Doom popularised the term, but they didn't coin it. Mm-hmm. Right, gotcha. Also, I said that the Bill Gates thing was an advert that referenced Doom. No, it bloody was not an advert. It was a promotion for a business event. In the middle of the episode, you brought that up, and I was just half remembering, oh yeah, there was that advert. Didn't quite remember where it came from. I mean, you could understand, you know, considering that the Wizard segment in the Super Mario Bros. episode sounds like it's from a gaming conference, mm-hmm. but it's from a movie. So you can understand why, you know, these kind of mistakes can be made. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also want to take a moment to say that in my analysis of religion in the afterlife in Doom, I mentioned that religion is kind of used as a form of like policing people to make sure that like, hey, if you kill your neighbour, then you're going to burn in this horrible fire for all eternity. I kind of suggested slash said that that idea came before like actual policing and law enforcement, which I don't stand by. I don't think it's true. I direct action against someone doing a bad thing would have come before the rhetorical spiritual reasons as to why someone shouldn't do a bad thing. Yeah, that does make more sense, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's a debate that people could have, but... It was maybe a bit silly of me at the time, kind of framing it as this definitely did happen, even though I've got no basis to mm-hmm. say that. Okay, Earthbound episode now. I'm quite happy with this episode. Our format here is quite solid. We have a good conversation about a game where you knew very little going in outside of the main characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just one of those conversations where I find that our structure allows you to talk even when you know nothing. Yeah, which helps. (laughs) We've got a good way of building these episodes now. I don't have any worries about us doing episodes about games we've you have very little knowledge on. But I'm also very happy that we are covering episodes like this. Mm -hmm. I love covering cult classics. They're games that not everyone has a massive history with. Mm -hmm. And I don't just want to play 
the top hundred games ever made. I want to play these games that had an impact on the gaming scene that even most gamers aren't aware exists. Yeah. So it's a learning experience for everyone. Absolutely. I said it in the episode, but I just want to state again, this is one of my favourite games of all time. You need to play it. <laughs> if you've got access to Nintendo Switch, you have access to Earthbound. Go play it. Or you should go listen to that episode and go find out why you should go play it in even greater detail. Yes. <laughs> that too. Genuinely happy for the Dungeon Man, the power of science helping him change his body. I do worry that that kind of came across as being like a bit haha patronising. I hope it didn't, but like I genuinely was happy for Dungeon Man for mm. being able to be his true self. Genuinely was. Um, I think that the conversation in the first half is quite good, but I prefer, like when it comes to talking about games I don't know anything about, I think I prefer the Secret Monkey Island one. Mm. It's a bit more dynamic. The Earthbound one's very chill, but I don't know, it's not quite the same. I did have more questions to ask you as kind of fallbacks for that. But at this stage, if we get an hour's recording in the first half, I'm usually quite confident that we'll have plenty that I can cut down into making an intro. Yeah. So I didn't press any further than that. Which I'm not sure if like, so you've got more to work with. Might not be bad shout, just exhausting all options. I know it's more for you to edit, mm -hmm. but I think that might be worthwhile. I don't know if there was quite as much to work with with the Earthbound episode as there was with the Secret Monkey Island one. Mm -hmm. Hey, um, I'm just coming back to record this after the initial recording. In the Earthbound episode, we make a who names their Wayne type joke because one of the main characters is called Pooh. It was a bit insensitive of us. In the West, it means something, but it is actually a name. I think we're being a bit insensitive making fun of that, so I just want to take the time here to apologise for that. Admittedly, you didn't make that joke directly. I pushed you into it. Yeah. Just for the comedy of you having to be forced to do a Who Names the Wayne joke. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I definitely think we've played into the joke a little bit too hard, but we do recognise it is a real name. Thanks for understanding. Right, now on to Street Fighter 2 versus Mortal Kombat. massively regret doing this as a two game versus thing. Why? When we were planning the episode we'd have very little to talk about each game mm -hmm. because I thought all we could really do was talk about the playthrough. It was only when we were already doing the playthrough of Street Fighter that I realised my structure of talking about how we approach each game day by day was woefully inadequate and that the better idea is to go through each character in detail. Which I like that structure better, actually. Great structure. But once I had that structure, I realised I could have done a single episode about Street Fighter 2. Or a single episode about Mortal Kombat. Yeah, and we could have broke them up. I had the thought of doing it later, but the problem is we'd already done the Earthbound outro where we said we were doing this, and our first half of the episode is broken up in a way where it wouldn't make sense if we removed one of the games. Actually, I quite like the fact that we did a double bill, because with the analysis I went through, I I wouldn't have had as much to say or my analysis would have been exactly the same and having that for two episodes in a row is it's a bit rubbish. I know but it came out far too long. Yeah the episode probably is a bit long but then it was our first shot at a double bill episode. We thought it was a good idea at the time and actually I think it still works as a double bill. Mm, if I could get the length shorter I would be okay with it. But then like, I had quite a bit to say like you know compare and contrast and stuff like that. It was nice in that regard I'll give it that. And I think that if you're analysing two video games side by side, then Street Fighter 2 and Mortal Kombat are a good shout. Mm -hmm. I do quite like to get my teeth into some textual analysis, and I don't know if they would have had quite enough on their own. 
But who knows? We've done it now, and we probably won't be doing a double bill for a very long time, if ever. I have plans for future double bill, even triple bill episodes, but I'm being very careful of when I do them now. Yeah, yeah. It was a bit of a slog to get through. It's kind of interesting looking back that Ryun Ken and Liu Kang and Johnny Cage are their counterparts of each other, but the Western ones, Ken and Johnny Cage, are like slightly inferior to their Eastern counterparts, Ryu and Liu Kang. It's a coincidence. I don't think there's any commentary being made on it. I just find it mildly amusing and I thought I'd say it. I like how we've segmented the Street Fighter Mortal Kombat episode. Mm -hmm. It is a long episode, but I think I like to call like how you segment the episodes paragraph breaks. So like for each point, there's like, you know, a little bit of a breather or there's like something to like a little audio bullet point type thing. So like whenever we're talking about the characters in Street Fighter, for example, we've got their themes and for like the levels and everything in Mortal Kombat, we play like the levels. And then Goro gets his theme music because sweet lord, Goro is very intimidating and has his own very intimidating music that's definitely worth showcasing. There's also a problem with doing a longer episode that I left myself open to a lot of mistakes. Mm. First off, in the intro, I kind of make a comparison to Two Dots being like Puyo Puyo and said that they had a Kirby Puyo Puyo game called Kirby's Adventure. No, it's not. It's called Kirby's Avalanche. I also feel bad for not explaining the full story of Yoko Shimamura. Right. She had a hard time getting her work in Street Fighter 2 recognised as being her work. Yeah. She was originally credited under a pseudonym and then was removed from the credits from later Street Fighter releases, despite her music still being in the game. That's terrible. Yeah, I didn't know the full story myself. I was just really going on the, this is the factual part of it. She made this music and it's really good. I didn't know that story until the H-Bomber Guy video. Yeah. Opened my eyes, I did a lot more research, looked in the papers that he was referencing, and I got a bit more of the idea that she had a hard time getting her recognition. That will not be forgotten whenever we cover future Capcom games. Yeah, absolutely. We had more to the Gorbachev joke. You know, like the, oh, Gorbachev, doing the Cossack dancing. But we decided against it because it's like, it's kind of gallows humour, but it's not our gallows. It wasn't meant as gallows humour. When you said that Zangief was in your F tier, I made a joke that Gorbachev was F tier. And that I definitely cut out. The man had just passed. That was a funny joke when he was alive. Now that he's dead, I was not going to stand by it. Yeah. Another thing I want to point out is that we had a go at Mortal Kombat for not fixing the pronunciation of Raiden. Mm -hmm. It got pointed out to me that they actually changed the spelling of the name to R-A-Y-D-E-N in the later games. They didn't change the pronunciation, but they did change the spelling to match their pronunciation. That's fair enough. I'll give them that. I think that whole thing we did make clear that, you know, that whole thing was just a product of its time more than anything. Just because, like, we weren't sure about some cultural appropriation here and there doesn't mean that you can't enjoy the things you enjoy. So, I mean, speaking of, I did my analysis on how Street Fighter 2 and Mortal Kombat portray other cultures and how they do that a bit reductively. Even though I enjoyed the games, I didn't have, like, a proper tirade or anything, but I was a bit worried that I came across a little bit preachy. But I feel I did well in clarifying that, like, again, you can still enjoy these things even with the awareness and with a critical eye. I really wanted to emphasize that. And finally, the most stupid error I've ever made in the podcast. I forgot to include a poll that we ran on Twitter about which is the better game. Oh yeah, I remember you saying. Because of how long the episode was, we actually broke it up into a lot of different sections. We did a Street Fighter part, Mortal Kombat part, and Analysis part. 
the note for that poll. I didn't want to write it down at the time because I wanted to change it. Closer to me, I actually read it out. And I just kind of fell away in the delay and I forgot to read it out. So for posterity, the poll turned out with Street Fighter 2 winning 65.7% of the vote and Mortal Kombat winning 34.3%. So Street Fighter 2 was the winner? Yes, by at least two to three. Right. I think it was the game I preferred out of the two. On to the last episode we're going to talk about in this 2022 analysis, and that's Resident Evil. The theme song to this episode is easily my favourite. We'd been going so long and just using OC Remix's blanket allowance to use the themes for episodes Mm -hmm. that it was kind of cool having to reach out to an artist to ask if we could use the theme. Mono Memory, to his credit, was just straight up guy. He was like, I fire away. Didn't even say I had to plug anything. So that massive tongue bath I gave him at the end of the episode was purely off my own back. Yeah, it's a really good song. (laughs) This is another episode that I felt we went a bit too long on. I usually try to keep all the episodes under two hours. I think two hours is a very fair time for us to have these long form discussions. This went on for about two hours 20 off the top of my head. I think so, but we had to also make a lot of cuts because I had so much to say in the game. Yeah, and if I cut any more, I've been really killing some darlings. Like, I'd probably have lost the Chris Redfield section of the game. We originally had uh, like an alternate playthrough where I tried to explain what the heck happened in the scene where Chris meets Wesker, we cut that out because it might have been a bit repetitive and the episode was already like a gajillion hours long. Yeah. <laughs> so, fun fact, I said this on Twitter but not on the episode, we got to the save room before the tyrant and my PS1 classic clapped out and stopped working. Yeah. Tried to get it repaired over the coming days but the console was just not having it. So I had to resort to playing through an emulator just to get back to that section. And again, we had this ticking clock over our head that I wanted the episode out for Halloween. I did not have time to waste. So in a single night with my friends, we powered through from the start of the game right to the tyrant fight in like one sitting. (laughs) I even went to the effort of the next day. I let the game run for a few extra hours and I also wasted some ammo just so you would have about the same amount of inventory that you had beforehand, give or take. Yeah. I mean, I didn't really notice the difference. (laughs) But it's very interesting that what took me weeks and a lot of strain and misery took you and your friends an evening and then letting it run at work to make up the in-game clock. Again, it's just, I know this game at the back of my hand. Yeah. I'm quite proud of the episode, though. It's come out really well. I do agree with that. It is also quite, at the start of the episode, Amy could joke about you having a sore throat. And now here we are with sore throats recording this. Yeah, yeah. I, I just thought I'd mention that. I find that quite amusing. I do still keep remembering Barry Burton as Billy Bunting. <laughs> and I really don't know if anything will ever change that. I think it's now became the nickname that we've given him in this house is Billy Bunting. Yeah. The rock song at the end credits, Resident Evil, sounds like the Red Dwarf theme. A wee bit, actually. Yeah, I can hear that. Yeah, you can hear it, right? Not the same composition, but I still have that same energy off it. Especially the intro version of the Red Dwarf theme. Yeah, yeah. It's just a pure guitar riff. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The intro version, for sure. Um, Mistakes in this one. Again, with this one, I didn't make anything massive that I thought, well, that's a glaring error. There's a lot of small things that I've made. Like, when we recorded the second half, I didn't actually say they were police at the start of the playthrough. So between the game start sound effect and the first cutscene that I splice in, 
that whole section there, I did have to make a quick separate recording of me just saying that we start with the Raccoon City Police Department Stars Alpha Team. Also, not entirely a mistake, but I just wanted to make sure I made this clear. You make a comparison that when Doom was made, it was originally planning to be an alien game, and they decided to make it their own franchise. I said something here, I didn't quite explain myself properly. Id were trying to get the license for Alien, but then decided, no, let's not bother and just release it as our own franchise. That's different from what Capcom did, who were planning to make a Sweet Home game, but they lost the license and then went, ah, well, we'll just do it as our own franchise. That's the comparison I wanted to make. In the episode, I kept just saying they. I didn't quite explain what I meant properly. So I do want to ask you now then, what have you taken away from your first year of the podcast? Well, I know a good bit more about video games. Mm -hmm. I have a better base of what video games I want to play in my free time. That isn't The Sims 2, of course. It's nice to be able to use my textual analysis skills for something and waffle on pretending to be an intellectual. It's brought us closer together too. Mm -hmm. It's always nice having a shared creative project. It is. It's actually been really sweet. We we don't do a lot of work together, so it's actually good to have something we both do as a project together. Yeah. And it's been fun, like, being part of the, like, Discord chat with all the other podcasters and the vanity of, like, you know, checking our numbers and stuff. I'm surprised it's not given us complexes yet, actually. <laughs> it's just sometimes for, you know, I'll be, feel super vain and go, like, Sandra, can, we, can you check the Podbean for our numbers? I don't need another complex. I'm complicated enough. Uh, I have plenty of complexes. I don't think I've got space for another one. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I want to just quickly ask you then, top three and bottom three games we've covered for the podcast. So games, not episodes. Top three. So third place. Third place is Doom. Mm-hmm. Second place is Pokemon Fire Red and Leaf Green. Mm-hmm. And first place is, of course, Earthbound. Okay. So if you're looking for a more in-depth analysis on why I like those three games, you can listen to the episodes and you can also read the blog post that I wrote for the Offshore Gamecast. Mm-hmm. Just thought I'd put that in there. It's probably the last bit of blogging I'm going to do for a while. I used to blog a lot more frequently, but eh, I'm just, it's not part of my life anymore. I suppose your three bottom ones, what are the three worst games you've covered so far? See, the thing is, is that like my bottom three is only ranked by my experience as opposed to like, oh, these games are bad because we've not played a bad game in the podcast. Not really, no. So it's just purely your experience of what you liked. It's just my personal experience. So number three is Mortal Kombat. Mm -hmm. Out of the two fighting games we covered in episode seven, it was the one I liked the least. That seems fair, yeah. The characters are not all that diverse and not particularly likeable. Mm -hmm. The fighting style's like, okay, it's quite satisfying, but not enough for it to earn a place particularly high in the list. After that, I'm afraid it's going to have to be Super Mario Bros. 3, mm-hmm. just because I had a really horrible time with the platforming. It was too slippy, and there were some really, really infuriating parts. There's plenty to praise about it, but I did give it its justice, as it did with Mortal Kombat. It was just a real struggle for me to play through. There were points where I resorted to drink. The least favourite game that we've covered in the podcast so far is Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Mm. I really, really struggled with it. I probably actually like Sonic and Tails better than I like Mario. I liked the gameplay and the platforming a lot less. It is the closest we've came to you quitting a game is Sonic 2. Yeah. I wanted to keep playing Super Mario Bros because I was determined to get to the end of my first game in the podcast. 
But Sonic the Hedgehog, I was really close to just calling it quits. Again, I was determined to give it a good chance because if I don't complete it, it could end up getting good at some point. But as a casual gamer, I really struggled with it. Mm. To finish this episode off, I'm going to include a bunch of cut clips from our first eight episodes. Some of these are flubs, some are errors, some are off-topic rants. I think a conversation about cheese comes up at some point. Some are just not interesting enough to make the episode. Yeah, things that might have killed the pacing or a bit too much of a tangent to keep in. Yeah, exactly. Now, you as a listener might be thinking to yourself, why bother making any cuts at all? To that, I'd argue that any project is much better when you purposely try to remove a small percentage from the final work. And see how well you can condense the rest of it. Yeah, usually I try to, with that time cap of two hours, it definitely pushes me to go, what am I leaving in here? Is it interesting? Does the joke work without this bit here or that bit there? Mm-hmm. We are also aware that we live in a society where people's attention spans are kind of limited. And I'm saying this as someone who is part of that. So we don't end up boring people with like stuff that's like doesn't need to be there. Exactly. We don't want to waste people's time. Yeah. Unless it's this episode where we're happy to waste your time. Yeah, I mean, you're like, what, 45 or so minutes deep, depending on how well Sandro snips this. This was your choice. <laughs> <laughs> so without further ado, here are the choice cuts from our first eight episodes, broken up by a great Mario impersonator I found on Fiverr. Super Mario Brothers 3! I'll be analysing each game that we cover as I would a classical text in my degree because might as well use my skills, right? As well as how the controllers feel, how accessible they are and how they resonated with me personally. Classical texts? Is that fair to compare these old games to the classics? I think it's a totally fair thing to do. Video games are as art just as much as, you know, these books or films are. All art is informed by that that's gone before, mm-hmm. whether the artists want to continue traditions and pay tribute to the classics or whether they want to challenge it. Mm-hmm. Okay, that can make sense of that, yeah. And you do get modern classics. <laughs> you do, you absolutely do. I've also watched an ungodly amount of YouTube and I feel that a lot of video game reviewers follow the angry video game nerd school of thought where you get angry at a game they think is bad as opposed to looking at it from a more for lack of a better term, nuanced perspective. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, I really like these reviews. Yeah, it's catharsis. It's Watching someone be mad at a bad video game is absolutely cathartic. People getting mad over things is just a whole genre of YouTube that I live for. <laughs> yeah, but that's not what this is going to be, is it? Oh no, absolutely. No. I want to do something different. One key thing I've learned in my degree is the skill of critical reading. This is being able to read a text or watch a film and talk about what makes it tick. The Mm -hmm. historical context, the authorial context and possible intent. Or not if you're taking a Bart's Death of the Offer theme. Even if you disagree with every creative decision made, you can still see its value and why it's endured. My least favourite book, for example, that I studied was Robinson Crusoe by Daniel Defoe. <laughs> I'm glad you got your hate of Robinson Crusoe in early on this podcast. It's it's a rant for another day, yeah. but 
I despise Robinson Crusoe. <laughs> uh, I despise him as a character. But I could see at the time that him being able to survive and thrive on a desert island would be aspirational for people at the time to be able to make something really good out of a terrible situation. Without early novels like Defoe's, you wouldn't have the style of books we'd have today. Okay, then I have to ask, why do this as a podcast then, as opposed to some other format? What attracts you to podcasting? I've listened to stuff like the Jar Media podcast and the Warrens, you know, Frederick Knudsen and Jabroni Mike's podcast, Mm -hmm. and the Duncan Trussell Family Hour. That's the one that the Midnight Gospel is based on, isn't it? Yes. Oh, it's such a good Mm -hmm. show. That's that's another podcast episode. (laughs) And they seem to be having like a lot of fun. It just feels like you're sitting in a conversation with someone, you know? I think that would be a lot of fun too. I'm also a huge fan of the It's Raw podcast. It's a Kitchen Nightmares podcast with the Podcrabs people. Yes, Podcrabs, which I have to be honest going into this, that we're quite inspired by the Podcrabs podcast Cinema Swirl, who do something like this, but with movies, where someone goes in having not watched a lot of movies growing up. I love that podcast because it's fascinating to see how these classics of cinema hold up to fresh eyes and i want to capture that for this podcast and see how these classes of gaming hold up to jen's eyes and yeah. what you think of them ludwig von cooper obviously named after ludwig von beethoven yes challenge for you jen can you name a beethoven composition there's the one that's uh, licht mein arse or something like that <laughs> that's not, no no that is it yeah look it up Look it up. Honestly, I would not, like, look it the fuck up. He does a song which is called Lich Mein Arse or something like that. Apparently he was, like, known for this kind of, like, shitposting stuff. Like, I know nothing. I think I've seen clips of the movie, but that's about it. But there, no, that's definitely a thing. I'm pretty sure it was there. Oh, it's Mozart! Fuck! <laughs> I thought it was Beethoven! No, it's a Mozart one. <laughs> Look at you pretending you know shit about classical music. Of course I googled this. Come on. <laughs> no, I just, I, I thought I just come It was Mozart, you. yeah, it was the film, but Mozart. The Secret of Monkey Highland. They're already doing a reboot of the Indiana Jones movie that's due out next year. Really? It's starring Tom Holland as young Indiana Jones and Mark Wahlberg as Indy himself. Oh, sorry, I'm mistaken this with the Uncharted movie. Sorry, sorry. You has me there for a minute. <laughs> I mean, I just, it's one of those things that I do have to sit down and go. It's like, yeah, we have Indiana Jones of games. We call it Uncharted. We have the Uncharted of movies. We call it Indiana Jones. I feel like uniting these two, I feel like, I was going to say, I feel like uniting these two is unfair, but I did just kind of spend a good few minutes there talking about how much I loved an Indiana Jones game, but that's from the past. What I will say, right, is that hot take, we don't need any more James Bond movies, mm-hmm. and yet, they still happen. They keep putting him out, even though he's, like, from a bygone era. But, Jen, how else will we advertise our new Sony Ericsson phones? <laughs> Are Sony Ericsson still a thing? I have no idea. <laughs> oh, God, that's going to get some fucking shit for that one. <laughs> so many cynical reboots of old things that we don't need anymore. We're never going to see that again. And then, lo and behold, we get some epic movie trailer with like piano music of like there's one i remember seeing that like had a slow ver- no it was a series three trailer of you 
where it had like a serious cinematic version of Hit Me Baby One More Time by Britney Spears. <laughs> what the fuck was that? Okay, we are so getting off subject here. We're so getting off the subject, and I, I feel this is probably a podcast episode in itself. Grog! Yes, that's the first time you ever properly cheesed a puzzle. Yes. Cheese, 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 cheese. What's your favourite cheese, Sandro? Galbanino. What's that? Is this Italian cheese that me and my brother have a standing promise to anyone in my family if they're ever going to Italy to bring us back a block of Galbanino because it's so fucking good. What does it taste like? It's like a giant tube of baby bell cheese. (laughs) So nice and mild then. Yes. I like mature cheddar. I'm also a fan of like brie and goat's cheese and I like my stronger cheese, not huge on my older ones. They're a bit bland for my taste. I just thought I'd ask because we're talking about cheesing the whole time. <laughs> That's a good note. I love stuff like that. Always, always ask me weird, obscure questions. <laughs> yeah, just completely derail the topic. Pokemon, fire red and leaf green. I'm looking forward to this experience. I think the universe wants me to play Pokemon at this age, as opposed to when I was a child, when everyone else played it. Why? What's the universe telling you you need to play it now? Other than the fact that it's for our podcast. It's for our podcast. (laughs) It's passed me by until now, until we're doing this podcast. So clearly this is, I am in the right place at this point in time. So what you're saying is, I am the universe. Don't, uh... (laughs) 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 Don't be so fucking arrogant. (laughs) You wish you were the universe. You're my universe. <laughs> that's so, so soppy. <laughs> oh my god, I just honked there, Jesus. Yeah, that's going in the episode. No, don't put that in the episode. <laughs> how um, could you do this such a thing? How could you betray me? I'm sure that a lot of people my age are just going, oh my god, Nintendogs, I had that. Because everyone had Nintendogs. I had three cartridges because I couldn't bear to give any of my dogs away. (laughs) My first cartridge, I played and played and played. I loved the dogs I had on them. And then I was playing it. I was on holiday in Italy with my family and I lost in a taxi and I think it fell down a drain or something. I couldn't find it. I was absolutely devastated. I was heartbroken. Oh, that's heartbreaking. I know. I did manage to get, like, you know, other other copies. I could fill the void somewhat. Those dogs are really nice, though, but oh well. That's a heartbreaking, I, that's a heartbreaking story. I'm not putting that in the pod. I'm not putting the story in the podcast where we lost dogs down a drain. No, but it's, it's, I mean, death is inevitable, I suppose. I've, I've come to terms with it now. I just want to establish this now, but you and me, we're dog people. That's just needs to be established yeah, right here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, cats are nice and all. Dogs are where we are at. I have always once heard that in this country we love our dogs more than we love our children. <laughs> I think that might be a bit, a bit of an exaggeration. I don't know. You show me a YouTube video where someone accidentally kicks their kid, it's funny. You show me a YouTube video where someone accidentally kicks their dog and I'm like, oh no! There is a, we do have a bad habit of, as a society, whenever a person's killed in a movie or whatever, it's like, oh well, who cares? Whenever a dog is killed, <laughs> it's like just devastating. And I don't know why. Maybe it's like, you know, just the loss of innocence or something. I, I don't know if you'll remember this, but did you watch me when I was playing 
Left 4 Dead 2? No. Sometimes there's trained dogs that attack you. And you're in a position where you kind of have to kill them. But when you do, the enemies in the game are designed to notice when you find a body that you've left around where you've killed someone. And if they find a body, they'll go, they've killed Mark, we've got to find this guy. But if you kill a dog, they'll shoot down and go, oh my god, they've killed Ruffles! This monster, we must find it! And you're sitting there fucking going, like, Mark you don't give a fuck about, but when he's talking about killing Ruffles, your heart goes fucking, nah! I mean, you could say that you had the bodies left for dead. Did I say left for dead? I meant to say last was fuck. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. Sonic the Hedgehog 2! There's so many, like, game characters in the games. And so give me that again. As soon as you said too many gay characters. <laughs> There's so many gay characters. <laughs> I mean, to the fandom, they could all be gay if you want them to be. Sure. Of that list, who is your favourite Sonic character? I mean, I don't know most of these people personally, mm -hmm. but I really identified with Charmy because he was yellow and he was a bee. Well, I was a big eco-warrior at that mm -hmm. point. So, And bees save the planet. They're great. Who doesn't like bees apart from people who are allergic to them? The people of Evan. <laughs> You'll need to explain that. Uh, yeah, just go Google the big Evan bee. E-F-F-I-N-B-E-E. -E -E. Right. And uh, I want to start, I want to do that again. So my favourite that I identified with most was Charmy because he's yellow, mm -hmm. he's a bee, mm -hmm. and he's the smallest in his peer group. Mm -hmm. I have always been the smallest in my class. <laughs> like going right up until like, well, not quite up until the present day, but I mean, I was, I was among the smallest, not having grown an inch since second year. People keep making small jokes about me. I go up to on stage to read at poetry events and I get like a little chuckle because no one expects me to be so small. It's in fucking infuriating. I can't help it. It's just funny every time I see you go on stage. <laughs> yeah, you just laugh at me all the time. Yeah, I can probably splice that together too. Yeah, we can splice that together. It all feels like it's all in the wrong order, this conversation. That's fine. We'll be able to tidy it up in post. Yeah, pretend like we've had a much better conversation yeah like talked like fucking human beings yeah i know can always allude i always create the illusion of us talking like a normal people <laughs> yeah nintendo was by far the better of the two consoles sega just knew how to sell itself yeah because sega had to try like nintendo didn't to that end Do sonic it? was designed to get it to get it <laughs> sega <laughs> Sega had to try, but Nintendo didn't. You are so pretty yourself for that one, aren't you? <laughs> I fucking love that joke. You know what? Sometimes you write jokes for yourself. Miles Tails Prower. Yes, Miles Prower is his full name. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, Jen. Jen, you'll never guess. You'll totally never get this. Right, right. Okay, okay. <laughs> the name Miles. Prower, right, right, is actually a, what would you call it, a pun? It's wordplay. Is a wordplay of Miles Per Hour. To be fair, I did. <laughs> Are you quite finished there, pal? <laughs> 
I'll be honest, I didn't actually get the joke until I had completed the game. How? I don't know. I just hadn't. It, it hadn't clicked. You know how sometimes it takes too long to get a joke, even though it's right in front of you? It is especially common with autistic people is that we don't get the joke. <laughs> how could you miss it? I don't know. Like... I don't know. That is a failing on my part. There are lots of things I will say that aren't a failing on my part. My autism is not a failure. There's lots of great things about it. Me not being great at video games, not really my fault. Couldn't help it. It was it was my parents' fault. <laughs> I'm kidding. I love you, Mum. Your inability to get a girlfriend is the fault of all women, obviously. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Fuck demos. I'm okay. sorry. We have to cut this. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's going in the fuck. We can't. We can't put that in. I'm sorry. Well, because fuck devils. Just the whole thing. Wait, we'll go back to this properly, right? <laughs> yeah. Doom. And part of that game will be getting the whole backstory of the previous games. Ah, the ones that I didn't know existed until now. Yes. Right. Fun. Well, we'll have all that to look forward to in a future episode, so make sure you subscribe to us and follow us on Twitter, at Star Request. Oh, that's so horse and I love it. <laughs> I mean, you know, pot kettle black, you know. Yeah, I only tend to play one video game at a time. I have neglected my Animal Crossing village because of it. All my dreamies will be like, hey Jen, where were you? <laughs> Why did you abandon us, Jen? Why have you left us to our ways? No. Um, okay. I think we should now get started with our subject of the episode. I felt like doing that. Right, give me a proper one. Right, right, okay. Doom. <laughs> one more, sorry, one more. Doom. Indeed, yes. All right, let's get. Started. Let's get started. You sounded like you're squeezing out a big poo. Let. No. Doesn't help the fact that I'm fighting like a buffalo right now. Oh, it's one of the silent but violent ones. Yeah. <laughs> Several of them. All right. Let's go see if I've got the Overwatch 2 beta now. <laughs> I mean, let's get started. Are you going to keep that in? No. <laughs> On to episode two, the shores of hell. Now we're in the Deimos base, which seems to be twinned with hell, which seems to be twinned with air. <laughs> hey, I mean, Presswick was made town of the year 2020. I mean, come on. That says everything you need to know about Presswick. Yeah, uh, I'm kidding. Presswick's not that bad, but it is very funny that it was named town of the year 2020. I had to bring that up. <laughs> There's also a level called House of Pain, which, I mean, they're just listing synonyms for hell at this point. But I just thought, I just thought, haha, our house isn't that bad. I mean, it's not the tidiest, but it's not like entrails for walls, weird eye things and demons trying to kill us messy. Maybe after we've had a night out. <laughs> after the house parties, when the eye demons come out. Yeah, yeah. When everyone else is asleep and the party's over, here come the eyeball demons to start everything back up again. And that's why we no longer take acid at parties. <laughs> Until next time, 
we'll be scoffing down a name snack of our choosing. It's a goodbye from me, Alessandro. And me, Jen. Que- oh, you get this one, actually. Quest completed! Satanic. Quest completed. <laughs> in your actual voice. You said satanic! Yeah, but satanic in your voice. Don't, like, don't put gravel in it. Quest completed. You're trying to make me do satanic, Sandro. I don't know what you want from me. Quest completed. Earthbound. What a great story on Reddit that went up the other day. This is not going to the episode. This is purely for you. The guy put a story up on Reddit on, on Saturday night there. He was on the 61 and they're waiting to pull away. Packed with people. Bus driver comes up to the top deck and points at two people in the back and goes, Peekaboo, you two. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> they have a big argument because like they didn't pay properly they only put in like coppers with, like 30 pence <gasps> they got thrown off the bus but just the way he describes it I'm just shouting the most aggressive tone peekaboo you that's I, an amazing phrase <laughs> I don't want to use that point peekaboo you do <laughs> it's like something from still game <laughs> are you ready to get started with mother Yes. Sorry. Fuck. Are you ready to get started with Earthbound? Yes. Okay, let's get started. <laughs> I'm ready to rip into a cold can of mother. Are you ready to rip into a cold can of mother? Hell yeah. Okay, let's get started. <laughs> How many Freddos could you buy with two million dollars? <laughs> Probably about two million, because the price of these tiny chocolate bars has jumped up to almost a what the fuck is that all about? You complain about Freddo so many times in this podcast, and I have to keep cutting it out because no one knows what Freddo bar is. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. Their entertainment for the night is a rock on a plinth. Indeed, there is. Oh, I have to tell the story. I'm not sure if I'll use this or not. We were bored one Saturday, and we're going to go off some nautical historical building in Govern just for something to do. We end up seeing a sign that says "Buzz Cuts Round Back" sitting on the street. And we see a sign and go, what the fuck is buzz cuts? Thinking it may be like a hairdresser or something. Go round back and in this little function hall, we get handed a brochure for what turned out to be an interactive art exhibit. Now, you know, we're young adults with a connection to the art scene. We didn't mean to come here, but it was fine to stumble across it. And we told them this. It's like, we saw the exhibits, so talked about how thoughtful they were. Some great little pieces we were involved in. And when the women's like, so like, oh, did you come last year? I was like, no, we just found this by accident because we got curious about that sign. And she goes, oh, you have to see this interesting exhibit that's upstairs in this room. We go into this room and it is just a bunch of people sitting around as a guy in the front sits bollock naked playing with hay. No, 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 he's not. He's got nothing but a t-shirt on. Thank you. Yes, that's right. Yes. And a bunch of hay <laughs> and he changes poses every so often. And we're just sitting there like, what? And I was also thinking to myself, oh God, oh, get me out of here. Ugh, ugh. What I love about this is that silently me and Jen realised we can't just walk in and walk straight back out. We had to spend at least a few minutes considering this. So as not to make ourselves obvious in this very quiet room where everyone's just sitting, observing this performance. I mean, what I'll say is, you know, at least it was a person we were observing. Um, even if the person had an uncanny resemblance to someone I knew. <laughs> Yeah, it was a bit like that. Except instead of a half-naked man, it was just a rock. 
you're basically waking up playing as him in his final stage of moo training. Mm-hmm. Whatever that means. Poo's moo. What? You don't know what it means. Poo's mm-hmm. moo. Poo, moo, poo, moo. Never mind. <laughs> I do not know what you're talking about. You're talking about <clears throat> boo training, whatever that means. It's Pooh's Moo. Because his name is Poo and he's doing his Moo. Pooh's Moo. Stop trying to make Pooh's Moo happen. It's never going to happen. <laughs> okay, right, moving on. <laughs> Street Fighter 2 versus Mortal Kombat. I can name her mostly because of that Nicki Minaj song. Yeah, it's called Chun Li. Yeah, it's called Chun Li. And it's very good. It's one of her best, actually. I like the one that's about the wet-ass pussy. That's Cardi B, darling. That was, well, no. That was not her as well? <laughs> You're going to sound really... It's, it's a funny bit. Isn't there two people in the wet-ass pussy? Yeah, there's Cardi B and there's Megan Thee Stallion. Oh, fuck, that's what I'm thinking of. There. Nicki Minaj does not work well with other women. Oh, that's one. I like the one that's about the anaconda that she stole from... Anaconda don't want. It's uh. Baby got back. The one. Yeah. Right. I, I like the one Anaconda that's got the line she stole from Baby Got Back. It's, she sampled it, but yeah, usually the sampling is a lot more inventive than what she's done with an Anaconda. Mm-hmm. What I'll say, Anaconda walked so Wap could run. <laughs> Being Being the only female representation to this game. It's very clear they wanted to make sure that she was single so all the, so all the boys could lust her. I think they wanted to make clear that she was single so all the boys could lust after her. I think they wanted to make clear that she was single so all the boys could lust after Fuck off. I think they wanted to make clear she's single so all the boys could lust after her. Men can't just, like, enjoy something that looks cute and pretty without wanting to have sex with it? Of course not. Give a man anything that's compelling, fascinating and female and they're going to ask the question, how can I wank to this? <laughs> Can I have sex with this? <laughs> including the alien from... Including the mother alien, but that's another thing. Uh, no, I don't want to think about that. Yoga claim. They are pretty much a boy band. That's the name they have for the four bosses you fight at the end of the game. Not gonna lie, it sounds like how you would describe boys to men. <laughs> Wait, boys to men are the ones from Ross Burgers, right? <laughs> no, they're, they're like... Uh, what's it? They're a kind of boy band. From the 90s, you might be thinking of Boyzone. No, Boyzone are real too, but there's one from Bob Burgers that are a fake one. No, no, Boys to Men are real. Okay, okay, that's fine. Boys for now, that's what I'm thinking. Boys for now! Panic <laughs> <laughs> Boom! They decided to fix this hole by creating a character who was their senpai. Senpai? Sensei. Who was their sensei. <laughs> senpai. Notice me, senpai. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> Through a bunch of the career mode and the endurance matches, I stayed cool and collected, rising up the ranks. And there's a Scottish comedy show called Tune the Fat. And there's this one recurring sketch where this guy has to maintain a great deal of patience with this footery task before he finally snaps smashes everything up like in one he's a chef who's prepared a lot of fancy dishes and the final one he's trying to put on the last olive on top but it keeps rolling down it won't mm. stick and then after after like trying and trying he just like ah, it smashes up the whole kitchen that's 
how I felt. That's how Goro made me. The endurance matches were those dishes. I was the chef, and Goro was that fucking olive. Tiger uppercut! Quest completed. Yatta. Yatta! Bit more like Chung Lee. Yatta! Yatta! Bit longer on the ta. Yatta! 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 Go a bit more up at the end. Yatta! Yatta! Up the end. Yatta! <laughs> I can't, can't do it! <laughs> I think one of these must work. <laughs> one of them, do you think? Yatta! Resident Evil! Another game I've started playing is The Sims 2. Mm -hmm. I am literally looking for any excuse to talk about this game, so I'm going to cut it off here. There's a lot to it. But if you want to hear me bore on about The Sims 2, I am a ball head away for starting like some kind of YouTube channel or blog or something about it, <laughs> just, just so I can get it out of my system. <laughs> <laughs> if you just want to hear that, then, you know... <laughs> get therapy. <laughs> <laughs> or, or you can uh, pester Sandra on Twitter, either or. <laughs> but they very much take a backseat in comparison to uh, Mila Jovovich. Mia uh, Jovovich? Can't remember. Yeah, 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 she played Alice in Resident Evil. Mila yeah, Jovovich. yeah. I just. Jo uh, Jovovich. I don't remember how to pronounce it. Jovovich. Jovovich. Take a back seat to Mila Jovovich's character. Again? Take a back seat to Mila Jovovich's character. Again? Jovovich. Ah, fuck, I'm so sorry. Again, just keep Jovovich. going until we get it right, don't worry. We've got as many times you can take. Take a back seat to Mila Jovovich's Jovov... <laughs> again, go again, don't worry, it's fine. I, I do this all the time. Just get you'll get through it. Say it slower if it's the easy. The actual characters uh, take a backseat to uh, Mila Jovovich's character. Say it very slowly. So take the, the actual characters take a backseat to... The actual characters take a backseat to Mila jo Jovovich's character. Okay, now you only have to say Mila Jovovich's character, but say it slower. Mil Mila Jovovich's... Yo me Mili Mia <laughs> Mia Jovovich's character. Again. Mia Jovovich's Yo oh fucking hell. I know. You really want it to be a yo-yo, don't you? Yovo. Yovo, 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 Yovo. Uh Mia Yo Jovovich's character. Again. Me really Mia Jovovich's character. You've got too much laugh in there. One last time. Mia Jovovich's character. Perfect. <laughs> Finally, I thought it was never going to end. I thought it was going to be forever saying her name. <sighs> I, I, I don't know. I don't do well with horror. <laughs> don't worry. We'll play during the day and I'll hold your hand as you play. Thanks, Sandro. Although your hands will be busy. <laughs> that sounds so dirty. <laughs> <laughs> get it? Yeah, I get it. I get it. I'm trying to rewrite it in my head so it's not a dirty joke. I'm trying to lead into what we're doing here. <laughs> yeah. As you go through the game, you'll learn that the helicopter is called Brad Vickers. <laughs> no, not the helicopter pilot. The helicopter. Uh, fuck, okay. Go again. <laughs> the no, I just fucking the helicopter's called Brad. No, I'm not leaving, man.
as we go through this game, we eventually learn that we eventually... You're going mouth mush. Try again. As we're going through this game, we will learn that the helicopter pilot is named Brad Vickers. Not the helicopter itself. Stop going back to that joke. I'm trying to do this clean. Okay, right. No problem. As we go through this game, we learn that the helicopter is named Brad Vickers. Fuck you, bitch. It's <laughs> <laughs> DLC. It's going in DLC, isn't it? Fuck. There it is. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, as we go through this game, we learn that the helicopter pilot is named Brad Vickers. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> no, just continue. Just continue. As if I'm not there. And Albert Wesker as the guy who wears sunglasses in the middle of the night. Don't question it. I wear my sunglasses at night so I can, so I can. So you can what? No one knows the other lyrics to that song. <laughs> Be a super cool and evil guy. I don't know. Like uh, sharks. There's just sharks in there. Zombie shark. Zombie shark. Zombie shark. Zombie sharks. There's certain songs that I hear outside of playing the game that still send shivers down my spine. And I need you to turn it off. Like the snake theme. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, I can't. Like, every time it comes on, I have to ask you to put it off. It's a shame, because I just said it's my alarm. No! How dare you do this to me? Right, you would not ignore your alarm if it was the yawn theme. <laughs> the yawn theme? The alarm? Yeah, I didn't mean that. Fuck. <laughs> You're potent. You don't even know it. Right, and with that, let's close our very first bonus episode. I think we'll try and do a few more of these throughout the year. Not like retrospectives, but just things that are a little bit unrelated to the curriculum. Yeah, let's just use this format to do a bit more off-the-cuff conversations. Yeah. Big thank you goes out to Andrea Ottino for the Mario impression. You can find him over at Fiverr.com under Andrea Ottino. Also a shout out to Leon Marcelos, who I commissioned months ago to make that pixel art design. I made it at the time to use for something else. It didn't end up working out. But I'm glad we've been able to repurpose it as being now the logo for SideQuest. Mm-hmm. Leon Marcellus is also available on Fiverr.com. Thanks, guys. Our theme song, Love Everlasting by DDR Kirby, ISQ, is available over at ocremix.org. I think we're going to use that song as a theme to every SideQuest going forward. Yeah, it's a really nice one. To our listeners, thank you to all who have listened in 2022, and we hope we can keep entertaining you in 2023. Side quest completed!